welcome to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. Welcome to the Built on Air podcast, today's edition. We're glad you could be with us. We have a great show for you today. I am Dan Fellers, um, one of your hosts for today. We also have Camille back with us. Hello, Camille. Hello. And also Ali joining us again. Glad you could be here. So today, as always, it's a live variety show for all things Airtable. We'll go through four different segments and talk about different ways that you can use Airtable in your business and in your life to do things more efficiently and effective. So as always, we're going to begin the show talking about what's going on in the Airtable communities, what's new, any new announcements, any interesting topics of discussion. And we're going to do things a little bit differently. Um, instead of going through each community we went through beforehand and are keeping a list. If you remember, if you watched last week's episode, um, we talked about the Web Clipper app. And after that episode, I start thinking, why aren't we using that with our show? So I started using the Web Clipper to pull interesting uh, links to the communities of topics that, that are worth talking about on this show. So now that we have our base of, of links, we're going to go through those and see what's, what's new. So in the Airtable community, I assume both you saw this. Mm -hmm. um, so now the, a new uh, source sync coming on is, um, is the, uh, excuse me. <laughs> the Google Drive external source sync. So if you're familiar with um, Airtable in the last couple of months is getting into syncing um, their data from different platforms. And so they already had what they have, Box, um, Calendar, Google Calendar, um, Salesforce. Salesforce. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any others? There's one more and I've forgotten what it is. So there's yeah. one more out there. Jira was Jira. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Jira, yeah. Okay, so now they have Google Drive, so you can sync all of your folders and kind of create a table of your um, 
of your of your uh, drive files. So that will be very useful in managing your your Google Drive environment. I think it's still in beta, so you have to apply for the beta to get access to it. So there's the link there. Um, in there so that is a good announcement and that will actually be a theme for today we're going to talk a lot about google and google drive integration coming up as well so that's exciting to see um the next one was the formula playground did you see this comment or this uh i saw that it exists i didn't actually uh install it i think it's a base on the universe that they made yeah so if we go to it let's take a look at it um sure so yeah i guess it just you have to install it they don't have the uh the version you can play with it so yeah basically looks like they've got every formula um and just kind of map out how you would use it with some examples so uh, useful for for getting to understand the formulas. Uh, I was hoping it would be like an actual playground that you could actually like mm -hmm. you know test the functions and like a better editor for the functions. <laughs> but not the case. Mm. I mean, you can play with it within Airtable like normal, but it's not anything different. So. But it looks like the other uh, tables are, you know, probably just examples of some of each of these formulas categorized. Text function examples, like it probably would have uh, examples of substitute and, and left, maybe. Yeah. The, the tables up at the top. Right, right. So oh, they've got the common errors. This is useful. You, these show up when you're dealing with formulas. So yeah, so there's more examples. So they have examples of the different types. But this is good because you know, some of these things um, people aren't aware of, you know, how to put like a slash in. I actually saw some questions about that this week. Um, and how you like, can use that instead of the concatenate function. So very useful if you're just learning about formulas. Um, I think this is a great resource to, to dig into it. Yeah, all right, let's move on to the next one. Um, in the, in the Built-on Air community, so Built-on Air has a Slack community where lots of discussion going on. Um, and you can see, um, this didn't go straight to where I wanted it to. I guess it's over here. So a lot of um, questions around, um, actually, this isn't what I wanted. <laughs> Leave in here is where I wanted to go. Um, yeah, so a common one about forms uh being able to to update existing records from a form so you can't do that in type form you can't do that in jot form unless you're using the onto air plugin um, you can do it with mini extensions you can't do it with Airtable uh, forms 
So you typically need some other tool like Integromat or Zapier to, to perform the update. Uh, Mini extension does it directly onto air. We'll be doing it directly in the next month or two. Um, right now it does it through through uh, air to, through job form. So that's a common common question that people get. And um, the other one that I was going to bring up in here was actually a question that I that I put out there. Uh, I don't know. If, are you guys seeing? Do you use a lot of automations that are that are timing out lately? Not late. I don't use enough to to notice timeout issues. Yeah. I have had a couple that have timed out, um, but I've kind of I've solved it by kind of doing some like hacky stuff with like segmenting out only the records I need to look through on a particular view and then having the automation look at those. I'm talking about a script step in an automation, not necessarily yeah. just the right. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I should clarify it, it. It's happening within a script within an automation. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like for ours, I'm, I'm getting it pretty frequently now. Um, for a while, we were getting them months ago, and then and then things seemed to to improve. Um, but now they, they seem to be creeping back. I actually got another one this morning. And so it requires you to go in and, and rerun it um, unless you set up like, so you have like another automation in case it fails to like a fallback automation. Yeah, so that's definitely one way to, to work around it. So yeah, so if you're seeing that within automations, it's not just you, um, you know, you can just rerun the history. Um, but yeah, I think it's only within the scripting. So I think they have like a 30 second window when that script needs to execute. And sometimes their, their API um, is not always responsive. And I see this not just within automations and scripting, but if you're using the, the REST API, sometimes the REST API can take a long time. So I think they're probably related issues. <laughs> I actually had a Zapier error recently that was very similar. It was basically yep. a timeout. Yep, yep, yeah. So Zapier has a, a 30 second window as well, I believe. I think so. And so, yeah, and it, it typically is is related to the to the Airtable API. All right, any other any other thing you guys have seen in either Airtable or built on Air communities? Before we move on, okay, moving on to to Reddit. So Reddit's another good place to to ask your questions. Um, this one I thought was interesting. Somebody coming from FileMaker, we should have Scott come on and answer this one, but um, um, just kind of, and, and we saw this in a similar question actually in Built on Air, and it, it basically it boils down to like being able to have records be aware of other records and you can't really do that without a script, right? Like in, in, in Excel or Google Sheets, you have the ability to um, reference other rows or other, you know, cells. In Airtable, you can't really reference, you know, another record 
um, unless it's linked to it. Um, so, so it does make things challenging, like the ability to figure out which one is the lowest number so that you can then, you know, increment by one. And you can't really do that with a formula. You'd have to kind of use a script that, that goes through and, and loops through to figure out which one's the lowest. And then you can then use that value, right? Any other tricks on how you kind of get around those types of limitations? Uh, I wrote um, a couple variations of an automation script that would um, number records throughout a base in, in lieu of an auto number field, which is, you know, there's only one set of numbers, one through infinity, um, auto numbering by like week or by year. So it would recount at the start of the next week or the next year or something. And uh, this is kind of similar. There was another one I wrote that ranked items by like, you had the most points. So you're ranked number one, you ranked number two because you had the second most number of points and so i mean my answer is usually to write a script and tie it to an automation that watches a particular record that would affect the order of the numbering mm -hmm. um but uh I, I don't know how convenient that is and you know if you have a bunch of different records going back and forth you're going to eat up a lot of automations to have it run yep. so maybe you don't want it tied to an automation yeah yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's there's some workarounds, but I think yeah, if you're used to kind of the the ability to to do that in Excel or it looks like FileMaker, you could do something similar. That that will definitely be something you have to learn a little bit differently on how to do that. Yeah, I think another trick might be I'm just trying to like read quickly what they actually wrote, but. Um, something I'll do sometimes is I'll have, you know, a, a summary table with every record linked to it. So just one record on a table and then roll up to get the max value. Mm -hmm. And then if you if you need to get the second lowest, you know, you can substitute with whatever. Yeah. And that when you whenever you're trying to add a record and link to the, the, the record that came before it, you can just reference whatever's on that junction table. Mm -hmm. That's the number. It sounds complicated, but. It's harder. <laughs> the old Van, W. Van Van Hall, right? Yeah. He, that was uh, one of the aces up his sleeve, I remember. Yeah, yeah. He definitely had a knack for doing that. So, All right, let's move on to Facebook. Facebook has an Airtable community. Um, and my browser's frozen on me. There we go. And um, so this one is is talking about um, CSV files. So pulling in a CSV file and processing. Ali, I think you uh, responded to this one. If you remember what's going on. So basically, looking for uh, how to map your your CSV file. Um, and actually, I think it's kind of some of the similar things about um, there's there's some kind of lookup required to figure out like the, the date to figure out which one's the current one. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the way I read this and the reason I applied, I replied to it, I think if they just turned it there, those two fields into like a 
linked record field and used another table, then they'd be able to quickly see what the most recent or the highest filing ID was for each company. Yep. That would be my solution. If you're importing a CSV, you can import directly into a link to another record field type. And, you know, it looks like if you're going to have the same company name more than once, it, you know, might even behoove them to have a separate table anyway. And we covered on a previous episode for the audience how to use link to another record field types to find not just um, the highest number, but the name of the record with the highest number. I believe it was episode one through four. One of those episodes, you're just going to have to watch them all. <laughs> yeah, so that that um, that can be tricky. And again, likely uses some some script somewhere in there to, to process that. Um, Onto air, our functions does do imports where you could automate importing from a CSV file and has some basic, has the ability to do updates or inserts depending on a matching field. Um, so there's some basic logic that, that could potentially help in, in doing upwards and, and allow it to be automated. Um, so it might be worth checking out onto air functions. All right, here's another common, common one, um, backups, backup solutions. Uh, I get this a lot, the, this also plugged ours. So thank you, Nick, for plugging uh, Ontario backups. Um, there are other solutions out there. There actually is another one that takes a very different approach um, that um, pro, pro, pro base, pro air backups, something like that. Um, and that one kind of pulls it from your, from your client. So you can actually extract, um, more information than, than what we do. We go strictly through the API. They take a different approach, but there are backup solutions out there. The bigger question that, that came up out of this was, you know, why do you need a backup if Airtable is already backing up, you know, Airtable, Airtable has archives. And the main reason that we get why we built our backup solution and why our customers use it is really is kind of an insurance policy. If anything were ever to happen to to Airtable, um, it, you know, some companies require it to be outside of the primary source. So there are there are business reasons for having it outside. Now, if you were to make a mistake and you needed to recover then using Airtable's archives is is the the preferred way to do it. Um, I don't believe any of these backup solutions, ours included, have a restore option. Uh, maybe maybe the one, the pro one, does um, have a restore, but restoring is actually pretty difficult because you you can't automate creating the the full base um, through any kind of means. So. Um, so yeah, so backups, there are solutions out there. Um, there's two or three to, to check out and there it is. Yeah. Pro backup. So somebody did mention it. .io is a good one as well. So, um, Carbonite, Carbonite is like a generic backup solution. And I don't, I don't think they have a direct connection to Airtable. So you'd have to like manually down your, download your CSVs and then you could back it up anywhere obviously so different approach there uh for backups 
just one more thing about backups. Uh, Airtable will automatically take snapshots for you, um, and you can manually take a snapshot, but they limit like how frequently you can manually take a snapshot. So like if you, you know, you might accidentally back something up and realize, oh wait, this one more new important change. Let me make sure I get this version saved, and then you might not be able to have that choice, but with these other solutions that were listed, including onto air backups, you can manually do it anytime you please, if I'm, if I'm correct. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And um, automate as well. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. And then the other plug, if you're tracking changes to your schema, so Ontario also has an Ontario schema that helps you track changes to the structure of your base, not the data itself, but how your, your structure and fields change over time so that's another form of of backups that is huge um yep. do, do either, either one of you guys know or have you like been able to deduce the like schedule at which Airtable decides to take snapshots like i can't Not figure really. out if it's like after like a certain percentage of changes have been made or like just it's weird it's sometimes it'll be like three months ago was the last one and then five mm -hmm. minutes ago was it, it i don't even just wondering. I, I'm not a clue. Um, I very rarely need to back uh, back something up. Um, through, that's like so substantial that I couldn't just go into the trash and find my deleted record or the deleted table. It would have to be some like crazy series of new changes I, I had made for me to have to back it up. And I, I've noticed that too, that the it doesn't seem to have like a regular schedule of when things are backed up. Right. Uh, some bases aren't updated as frequently as others. I don't know if it's metered by, like you said, by like percent of changes. Um, right. It doesn't seem to be like every day or every week, although I, I could be wrong. It just didn't seem like that was the case. Yeah, I have no idea. I have not looked into that at all. It's gonna show um, uh, Garrett watching the show. He mentions he uses Google Apps Scripts this might be a uh, Bill Dupe. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Bill French, um, also very uh, big on Google. And so, um, yeah, so if you know how to code, you could obviously write a script that pushes the data out to somewhere on a nightly basis. So another way to, to do that as well. So definitely useful. Garrett, appreciate that. <clears throat> All right, let's move on. Next one on Facebook over um, another one that that definitely seems to come up um, the dreaded formatting of numbers so if you've ever if you've ever uh, worked with Airtable I wonder if they will ever address this <laughs> they should. I really don't understand why they don't have it like yeah <laughs> yeah I I have made very few in all of my years in Airtable in the community forums, I have made very few uh, feature requests. And one of them was a dang currency function. It seems so simple. Well, um, not only that, but like for both currency and numbers, like this one right here, as far as, um, the the random numbers have you ever seen where if you if you show enough decimal places you'll get the it, it's not exactly you know one fifteen hundred point four 
there's some other number and it really messes up your math calculations. And, and um, I've run into this so many times and you'll, you'll have some kind of calculation and it's not what it should be because of these trailing decimal values. And you don't see it unless you show enough decimal places. And um, so, so yeah, Airtable has a floating number issue under the hood um so julie i feel your pain it is um frustrating i've dealt with it i I came up with one time a formula that it was actually really hard to like knock this off because you have to convert it to a string parse it and then put it back as a number value Mm -hmm. and uh it was not easy to to do um Ontario solves this now with our functions. We do have the ability to better format numbers. It does require, you know, a task. So it, does, it, it would eat into usage there to do it on a lot of bases, but definitely um, a way to overcome that and be able to format it in any currency or any, any number formatting that, that you would want. Um, so yeah, very frustrating to deal with. Um, just good to be aware of it. And you do notice it with like, they notice in softr.io. Um, I've noticed it in, um, in um, <clears throat> uh, Stacker where, you know, you, you can display it in Airtable. You know, Airtable has the ability to format a number how you'd want it. But if you're using that number via the API, it's not formatted the way that you set it up in Airtable. So it's really frustrating if you're using that number outside of Airtable and if they don't have some way of, of formatting it, it will show up as a really long decimal value or something. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> something to be aware of. There are some funky workarounds, um, but just know that it, it's not you. It's not something that you've got wrong in your formula. I was really hoping that something with the the new regex or rejects. I don't know. There's an ongoing debate on how to pronounce that. I have no idea. I say regex. <laughs> I say I say regex. Yeah, regex. I was hoping that like they're like one of those formulas would be able to do something like that because with some regular expressions you can you can format currencies, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, they should just add that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be useful. All right, let's move on to Twitter. Um, so this Twitter is a good place to learn about new products coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one I thought was interesting. So Jotform, um, this came from a post from Jotform. So if you're a Jotform Airtable user, so they're launching a new pre-fill, which my understanding is basically um, the ability to um, it will allow you to, to pull a record like from Airtable or Google Sheets or their own. They have their own tables product. Um, and then it'll pre-fill a form based off of that record. So that's kind of a cool feature that's coming out um, within JotForm. It might be worth checking out. Found that on Twitter. <laughs> um this was somebody mentioning, I wondered if either of you had seen this where they, I actually haven't seen this in any of my bases where they, 
they um, have you gone through it, Ali? I did, I got the pop up, but I was busy at the moment, and I just closed the X and Ali. I know. <laughs> I was like literally just about to hop on a call, and then I couldn't find it after, and I was like, I really would have liked to go through that, but I'm gonna see if I can maybe find it in my notifications. <laughs> have you gone through it, Camille? No, man. <laughs> I'm uh, a UI junkie and I'm by no means an expert, but I, uh, you know, that's the kind of one thing Airtable has, not the one thing, but one of the things Airtable has going for it is it, it's just generally speaking a pretty good UI and there's some tweaks that could be made to make things easier, or, you know, more clear and yada yada. And I think uh, I want to do this exercise. Airtable, yeah. come on now. Yeah, I think it's cool. And, and he points out, um, you know, the co-designing. Um, I think Airtable puts a lot of effort into trying to to work with making the UI as easy as possible to, to work with. All right, one more um, mm -hmm. new product release that, that I found on um, Twitter. So somebody announcing um, this product, wizd.io, I'm assuming. I think it's wized. Wized, oh yeah, okay. So let's check this out real quick. So- I did have a look you, at this. this? I, I did not, I don't have the, uh, I don't have a Webflow account to use it with, but it seemed like it was a really cool um, integration. Um, there's you know a billion different build your own app things and then webflow is kind of the the golden goose for build your own website in its particular flavor of uh you know drag and drop not looking at code at all sort of things and this is an integration that allows you to on top of a website you've already designed in webflow to add in data from Airtable and then make it um make stuff actionable. So they have a, a tutorial that shows how you can make a to-do list where you click on the checkbox button and it, it updates the record back in Airtable, um, all using stuff that is similar in appearance. You can see the UI right here. It looks pretty similar to Webflow, so it feels like a integrated experience. Um, yeah, really cool. Interesting. So, so it's like an add-on to Webflow to allow you to pull data from Airtable. Yeah. And uh, maybe other places, Stripe, Integromat. <clears throat> yeah, because right now to bring, you can bring in Airtable data to control um, Webflow CMS items, but it's it's a loose sort of integration, meaning that they're not, it's not pulling from Airtable. It's like copying Airtable data back and forth using <laughs> Um, a third-party integration, and then this is something else. Instead of controlling CMS items, I believe it is, I don't know how to describe it, but it, it's it's just another way of making um, an interactive website from Webflow using Airtable data. Yeah, very cool. So yeah, look at pricing real quick. So yeah, if you're doing if you're doing sites um, and you want to use your data from Airtable, um, Webflow is obviously one of the the biggest ones. Um, there are some others we mentioned today: Softer.io, Pori.io, or some other ones. 
um, that work directly with just Airtable. So they're kind of more Webflow alternatives. And so this one is, is kind of an integration. And there are other um, bridge products out there that help you get data from Airtable into Webflow. I've seen in the marketplace, I believe there's one. Um, so yeah. Called Noble, I think. Yes. Yeah, yep, thank you. Noble, yeah. And so options for um, using Airtable, you know, because Airtable is such an easier way. Like I think about WordPress, if you've done a lot of WordPress and it'd be so much easier to manipulate your, your data in Airtable than it is to go into a WordPress backend to update your posts and things like that. So I'm sure similar approach. <clears throat> All right. Any any final thoughts on community updates? Any any other breaking news you want to share? I don't think so. That kind of covers our bases. So, with that, we're going to move on to spotlight our primary sponsor for this show and the website built on air. That would be OntoAir.com. It's the all-in-one toolkit to run your business in Airtable and um, for power users of Airtable. It's a great secret tool to make things more efficient. And for today, I'm gonna showcase some hot off the press changes that will be coming out this week in, in the Amplify product. And so these, are, these will be coming out this week. The big release that we're making with Amplify is documents. So we have complete integration with um, four different types of editors. We have a JSON editor. So if you are doing anything with uh, JSON and you want a better interface for interacting with your JSON data, and you can now do that. There's multiple ways that you can um, interact with your JSON data. You can look at it straight code view or um, text view. Oops. Um, and another cool thing that we added is the ability to go full screen on any view. So now it makes it much easier to interact with your, with your editors in Amplify. So we have JSON. We have a markdown editor. So you can see the markdown text as well as the rendered um, HTML version of it. So any of your rich text fields, or you can also just use a um, long text field to update Markdown. This is a powerful editor for that. Um, we also have a full HTML editor. So any HTML documents, you can now use Airtable as a full-blown documentation platform, writing your documents, writing your sales copy, writing your sales contracts, all in an HTML document. Um, this gets stored in a long uh, text field. So the one limitation is Airtable has a 100K um, size limit for long text fields. So there is a limitation on, on how large the document can be. And then the last one is our integration with Google Docs. So that includes Google Docs, Google Slides, and Google Sheets. We have the ability to view directly if you just simply have a link to your Google Slide. So this would work great with the new Google Drive integration that will bring in all of the links. This will be a, a quick way where you can easily look at everything going on within your Google Slide. You can make changes 
and you can even download them as a PowerPoint PDF, depending on if it's a Google slide. You can also import them as an attachment and specify which uh, the format and the field that you want to save it as an attachment so you can be working on your Google slides and get that going. <clears throat> also a great way to just quickly navigate through lots of Google Docs. You'll see all of your um, files in here. These are all linked to the same, so that's not a good example. Um, but this would update with, with whatever Google slide is referenced in your, in your record. So very powerful, very great integration along with other updates that we've made. So check out onto air amplify in the marketplace, try it out and it will be a huge, um, upgrade in working with your, with your data in your Airtable bases. Now with that, we're going to move on. And Ali's going to share with us some amazing ways to utilize scripting and other things with your base. So add your stream there. Woo! <laughs> All right, awesome. So I'm just going to do a quick demo of kind of like a little like UI hack, I guess, um, that I used a while back and I shared during a, one of our OpenSider calls. Um, and I'm still using this like in every base that I make. So I thought maybe other people would like to see it as well. Um, so essentially, this is a base I made for the scripting contest last summer that came out. I figured I would just use this as an example again. Um, I've got it's very basic. None of this is real data, just all sample. You can see I'm being paid by Wayne Enterprises, my good friend, Bruce Wayne. Um, <laughs> Eccentric billionaire. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I've just got income, expenses, vendors, and types that relate to those vendors or you know companies. Um, and then I've got these monthly, yearly, and summary tabs. And the monthly table is just linking to income and expenses in order to do some calculations, get my gross income, gross expenses, and then calculate my net income or net profit for that month. Um, so the whole purpose of this script is I wanted to be able to kind of inspect one month at a time. And you can think of this like, say I could have even, you know, use a company at a time. Like I want to see every interaction I've ever had with a company and get aggregate data about that. Um, in this case, I'm using a month. So I want to be able to see across not just my monthly summary table, but I want to inspect each individual record on income and expenses and get some aggregate data from across all the tables in my bases. So essentially I've written this really simple script that I'll just click this button. And all it does is you can see it just unchecked a box there and then it rechecked the box for the month that I clicked the button for. Now I could pop open this dashboard and all of these apps are, if I look at the settings, they're all pointed at particular views. And I've set up these views on my income and expense tables, and they're all just filtered where that checkbox is checked. So that checkbox becomes a lookup field from the monthly summary. So I've got a parent table and then anything that's linked to it, I can move that 
checkbox over and filter my views based on whatever month I've chosen. And the coolest part is that say I'm done looking at this month, like, all right, I've done March, 2020. I can just click run and pick a different one and everything goes away and repopulates. So just a couple different things. This is actually something kind of cool. I wrote a little formula that just says if the box is checked, then it's the chosen month. Otherwise it's other months. And you can see that that just turns the one I'm trying to look at and compare to the rest of the year or the rest of all of my data, a different color. And if I, yeah. This is That's one of the better dashboards I've seen. It's very, very cool. Yeah, I love this hack. I remember the day we, uh, Dan and I have seen this before, like you said, and I remember being like, what on earth? It's so simple. It's such a, a simple little trick and it had never occurred to me. And it might be, I think my, my favorite Airtable trick of all time. Cause it's just, a, oh yeah, you just use a lookup. You use a lookup in a very, very simple script. Um, Thank you. It's that you're gonna make me blush now. Oh my god! It's it's great. <laughs> it's Thank just so cool. Thank you. If anyone wants to see the script, it is very, very simple. As Camille said, it basically just looks at the view on the monthly table, um, selects everything on it, and unchecks the box first. So that way, you only have you make sure you only have one box checked at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, so it just unchecks the, all the boxes and then it checks the box for the one that you chose. And that is literally it. Um, the only downside, one caveat I will say is that if you are using a base with a bunch of other people, this will, you'll step all over each other if two people mm -hmm. are trying to look at the same thing. So you'd kind of mm -hmm. have to, you can write in this script, you can figure out who the current user is and then maybe point it. Like if you have a different checkbox for each person, um, that would be one workaround, but if you're if you're the only person looking, then it's pretty simple. Yeah. 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 If you really wanted to make it advanced, you could maybe have like a a text field that use like a JSON to represent each user ID of which one they're checked on, right? Right. Something like that. You yeah. could. That probably wouldn't work with the formulas. That probably wouldn't help the formulas. You could try if you set the field permissions to only specific users can edit the checkbox field and set it to just you, then no one can use the script except for you. <laughs> exactly. um, and they can't manually, because you could still manually go in and check a box, but not if you have field permissions set. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. about it. Yeah, so definitely a useful way to, um, to you see the integration between scripting and the apps and how you can make some powerful stuff there. Very cool. Let me give our quick tease right here. Next, we're gonna be going on to Camille, who's gonna show us an interesting app. Yeah. Um, so I have this demo base that I seem to use for everything. Um, and I wanted to give a quick rundown of the Batch Update app. Batch Update is one of the uh, several uh, original, I guess you could say, um, apps that were made by Airtable, um, like all 
the apps in the marketplace, you need a pro or enterprise account to use them. But Batch Update, in my opinion, is one of the better ones made by Airtable. It's just so useful. There's so many different things that it can do. Um, essentially, what it allows you to do is pick a table, and then optionally, you can pick a particular view, or you can have it run for all records in that table. Um, and then you can update several records at once, um, as the name sort of suggests. So I've set up a very simple um, view that looks at all records that don't have um, anything filled in for this date returned um, field. I'm tracking how something um, was sent out on a particular date and the condition it was when it was sent out and then the condition it was returned in and then the date it was returned. So let's say I wanted to process all of these at once. Um, I could go ahead and select that field, returned condition, and say set a cell value. I have a couple of different options. I could clear out the cell content, so like get rid of what's already in there. Um, I could set a particular cell value or uh, set cell value randomly. Um, that I think is pretty useful if you wanted to randomly assign a collaborator field, for instance, for whoever is supposed to select a task or, or something like that. Um, but in this case, I want to set all of these that they were just returned in good condition. Um, the other um, action I have set up is to fill in the date returned field with the current date. There's um, even more options um, for this. I could, again, clear out the value if there's, not, um, if there's something in there. I can set it to a specific date um, or um, handy shortcut set it to today set cell randomly. That's actually a little bit more uh, tenuous for date fields, I'll say. Um, and then very useful um, for date. And I believe you could do this with number fields and I think currency fields as well. You can increment or de-increment by. So um, let's say I wanted to change the date returned or uh, date reserved, or if I had like a a deadline field and I wanted to give everybody an extension um, on the on the deadline, I could say increment by four days and everyone gets an additional four days to return something. In this case, I just want to set everything to set current date. Um, and once I click done, I'm I, that's all the actions I want to do. All I have to do is click update records and then it will update all the records at once. This is a filtered view, so you saw everything sort of disappear. Um, this one is kind of a holdout just until I click away, but you can see for this particular one, filled in with good and filled in with today's date, which is super handy. So if I click in there, it'll actually go away. Um, and it'll just give you an update. Eight records were updated. I can click done and a handy option, you can undo the action that you had just done. Um, it's a pretty nifty feature. Um, I would like to incorporate an undo button in some of the apps that I produce as well. Um, it's just, I think overall, just a really good app uh, that allows you to do many things. Um, another useful thing that Batch Update allows you to do if you have a multi-select field um, or a multi-collaborator field, um, you can add one option to whatever is in the existing options in mass. So instead of clearing out everything um, or you know everything has to be exactly the same set of options selected. Um, if someone has ABC, someone has AB, someone just has A, you can add D to all three of those records and um, you know, without overriding things if you so chose. 
Yeah, that could come in handy. It does come in handy. It's pretty nice. Um, yeah, that's a very quick rundown of a pretty simplistic use case to have for batch update. Um, I believe it works with any field that is non-calculated. So it's not going to work with formulas or lookups or rollups because, you know, you don't have direct control over what those records are. But all the other rec all the other fields that aren't calculated, you have various different um, types of actions that you can do depending on the type of field it is. Awesome. Thank you, Camille. Let me switch over. Thank you. So let's do another. We're going to stay with our Google theme for our next Ontair Spotlight. And in conjunction with our Amplify release, now that we have integration on the front end as far as viewing your um, Airtable bases, like I showed previously, the next step is you want to automate the creation and the population of your documents. So if you have sales documents that you want to populate with the account information, or if you have uh, images that you want to populate, Google Slides is a great resource for that. So now this week with Ontair Functions, we are launching the ability to the a deep integration with Google Documents. So there's four new functions that are being added this week. They are a Google Drive function, which allows you to simply every time a new record meets your criteria, let's say every time a new project is added for a project management or a CRM, every time a new account is created, you have the ability to copy a template folder and create a copy of that for every new record that gets created. Um, and then it'll automatically link the folder in your record so that you can reference that folder. You can also automatically create either new documents or use a, an existing template document um, to use as, as a template. And it'll allow you to, um, use a better one. <clears throat> um, it will allow you to configure it in a bunch of different ways. So I'm going to just kind of highlight so you can copy a blank sheet. So this is creating a new Google uh, sheets for a new each record that meets our criteria that we want to run on. So you can create a blank one, you can copy an existing one. Or what I'm going to show here is the ability to copy dynamic templates. So you can specify a field in your Airtable record. Maybe it's a um, type of account. And for each account type, you have a different template that you want to use. This allows you to specify um, that type um, based on, uh, so I'm going to use this setup level. And so the setup level, it could be easy, hard, or medium, depending on um, the type of account that it is. And so you can specify your, your matching. So if it's an easy um, setup account, then you can pick the easy template. Um, and this goes into your, oops, goes into your um, Google Drive setup and you can find your template and find your, <clears throat> 
your, the list that you want to use with, with this account and so forth. So you can have different values. You can have a different template for each value that, that is in this select field. And then you can specify where you want to save that. And you have the same options on the saving. You can actually dynamically save the file based off of some condition in your record. Um, and then lastly, you can set up dynamic um, templates that will create the, the name can be dynamic based off of your record fields, as well as you can merge your data from your record into um, your Google Doc or your Google Slides. And this also supports images as well. So if you have images in your attachment, it, those can actually get imported into your, your Google document. And then the last one is if you want to also save an attachment, either in if it's a sheet, you can save it in an Excel file, a PDF or a CSV. For a slide, you can save it as a PDF or as um, image files, individual one per slide, and then documents you can save as PDF or Word or, or HTML. So a lot of functionality, the ability to dynamically create templates that get populated off of your, off of your um, data coming from your table. And then you can view all of that using Amplify. So the combination of Amplify to view and edit your data directly, and then actions to automate creating it. It's a full power solution for interacting with your Google Docs. So extremely powerful. Check it out today at ontoair.com. With that, we'll move on to our final segment for today's show. We're going to do an industry view on education. And so, you know, one of the powerful things about Airtable is it really has so many different use cases across all industries, across all um, tasks within industries. And so it's always good to see if you're in the education space and you're wondering if Airtable can help you, this is the episode for you to learn a little bit about um, what Airtable can do for, for that space. So the first, the first place to look, um, Built on Air, we have Airtable guides for different industries. So check out this if you're in another industry. We have one for education that goes through how you can use Airtable in, in your, um, at your school, at your university. And I know firsthand working with a lot of um, companies and seeing who's using our software, uh, there are a lot of university level, high school level using Airtable in a lot of different ways. So I know that this is a very common um, market for, for Airtable that I wanted to highlight. Um, and so the first place to look usually is the template library. So Airtable keeps a library of, of templates. Now, I was surprised that they don't have a category for education within their templates. So you kind of have to search. If you search, I believe um, there is one that came up, search for college. Um, there's some other, so they do have templates. They don't have a category for it. I think they should add that, mm -hmm. but there definitely are some templates. And then usually within the university, you know, you're likely maybe doing event planning, product catalog that could be, you know, used for your, for your um, course catalog 
So there's definitely lots of templates in here that could be applicable. They just don't have them grouped for education. But if you move the other place that you'll want to look is the universe. And the difference is um, the templates come directly from Airtable. So those are built by the Airtable team. The university or the, sorry, the, the universe is user generated. So these are people across the world that have built a cool base and they want to share it with you for free. So it's a great resource. You see some really, really interesting ideas and ways to um, learn from other people of what they've built. So check it out. This one does have an education category. And so you can click on that one and see what's going on. Um, or if you search for college or university or high school, you'll find you'll find more by searching. So definitely a lot of um, examples in here for different ways that you can use it. And this one kind of applies for both at, for student use cases as well as if you work at the university or if you teach. Um, you know, there's there's a whole spectrum of different ways that you can use it. I know having a college age student. Um, she uses Airtable to, to stay on top of, of college and what's going on there. So it's it's a great right there. There's a student planner. So if you're a college student, I'm sure, and you're familiar with Airtable, it can it can help uh, help you stay on track of, of all the stuff that you've got going on. <clears throat> so lastly, I was going to do a deep dive into an interesting um, one. And so this was one provided from a university. So uh, thank you to them. And it basically is, is for um, candidates. So if you're in the admissions office and working through all of the candidates and you want to have a better view of, um, I, I get a sense that software that most universities and high schools use is maybe not the most sophisticated and a little bit outdated. So Airtable might be yeah. a good way to, to pull that data out of there and have a better way of figuring out, you know, how you want to group people. So in this place, candidates, um, I liked their use case of, of apps. So they've got a global search so you can search across um, all bases. And then they, they integrate with um, the email app to send emails. So they actually use this to send the emails to um, people who are accepted or not accepted. So make sure that you don't mess up and send this to the wrong view <laughs> that people got rejected that didn't really or vice versa. Um, but you can do that so you can submit, so you can filter by a view and send out emails to, to that view. Um, so the send emails, that's a really, that's a really useful app and they've also got, you know, it's all templatized. So this all gets populated from your, um, from your base and very, very useful, um, to send out emails to, to groups of people. So they do that for both, um, every time applicant is received and then, um, this one, it looks like for people that are accepted, or I guess that you've completed. So yeah, so you can set up different emails. Uh, I think you have to have a, a different app for each kind of email template that, that you set up. 
um, useful. So you can kind of see ways that you can use this interacting with students, um, configuring it to, to just manage everything. So really, really powerful use case. Airtable is very useful and I'm seeing more and more traction within the university setting and, um, and below in high school as well. And, and um, so hopefully we see more of it in schools. Hopefully we see schools teaching Airtable. That would be really cool. Get people familiar. Database 101 in fifth grade, I think. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Cool. Any, any other thoughts on that space? Uh, I teach as well. And I definitely know, I think, fingers crossed, uh, next spring is my first full semester course, which means I will definitely have an Airtable base set up to make sure I, you know, dot all my I's and cross all my T's and uh, plan out each and every session um, ahead of time just to keep track of things because there's um, USC uses Blackboard, uh, which is okay. But <laughs> there you have to really hunt for stuff like you really have to look for the option that you want to use and just going in with a game plan. So I have the time to hunt for all those appropriate buttons to click. Uh, I'm going to do all my planning in Airtable probably. Nice. Okay. So if, is that an online course or in person? Now I'm in <laughs> California and we've opened back up. I'm pretty sure it's going to be in person. Uh, again, cross my fingers. Yeah. Uh, we'll if see. If you're a SC student, check out Camille Park's class. <clears throat> that would be awesome. You get a student coming from the Built on Air podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, you've got it's a planning course. So you already have to be a weirdly interested in both the databases and planning. I think <laughs> for, to have that uh, kind of cross section. But great, that's awesome. Cool. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Any final remarks? All right. Thank you for joining us. Join us again next week. Next week we'll be, no, we still got one more in, in June and yeah. then we'll be on to July. So until then, good luck with building your basis. And we always want to hear your feedback, subscribe, uh, join our community on builtonair.com and we'd love to hear from you. Till then, we'll see you next time. for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor ontair.com and we will see you next time on the Built on Air podcast. <laughs>